Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, June 12th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, we, uh, we found out on Sunday that Shane Bieber can still strike batters out. Uh, uh, he had been uh, in, a, in sort of a rut where he was averaging about four strikeouts a, a game up until Sunday's outing against the Astros, but uh, he comes through with a big performance uh, admittedly against an Astros lineup that didn't have Jose Altuve, didn't have Jordan Alvarez, but, uh, you know, it's still something to be said for Bieber going out there on Sunday in a five, nothing shutout win. Uh, he gave the guardians seven innings, only allowed three hits, struck out nine, tied a season high with that and, and looked like he was in complete control from the beginning. Yeah. Just uh, really, an, uh, you know, a dominant performance, you know, an encouraging performance. Uh, you know, he's been kind of in and out the last two times out to the mound. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it was good to see him pitch. He looked in total control. You know, what, he retired the first, uh, first uh, seven guys he faced. Um, just, uh, you know, looked like, uh, looked like Shane Bieber from uh, last season, from earlier this year. And uh, he just looked comfortable out there, Joe. Yeah, and that was what uh, Tito said after the game. Uh, looks comfortable in his skin, knows what he can do and, and how he can uh, go out there and compete against lineups. You know, he doesn't have to blow you away. He doesn't have to come at you with all this uh, velocity or, you know, crazy breaking stuff. It's He knows how to pitch, and that's exactly what he did. He, he knows what he's working with, and, and he went out there and he attacked uh, the Astros lineup. Uh, even with all of the, you know, the trade rumors swirling and, and what, uh, you know, what the Guardians are going to do with him uh, prior to the trade deadline, if they decide to move him, if they decide to keep him, uh, you know, he's able to go out there and block all that out and, and be a professional and, 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 you know, do what he needs to do uh, to get his team a win. And he talked about that after the game. He talked about, you know, just liking, uh, you know, to be able to go out there and compete against different teams, against different lineups. Uh, it, it, it sounded like he's in a really good place uh, as he's uh, as the team's heading out uh, on this, uh, you know, West Coast road trip. Um, you know, it, it, it's a good sign that, that Shane Bieber's feeling the way he is. Yeah, Joe, I like what you wrote today. Um, 
you know, that, uh, you know, Bieber's been around, you know, he's probably one of the longest tenured guys on the team. He's seen, uh, you know, he's seen uh, Bauer, he's seen Clevenger, he's seen, you know, uh, those other starters, he's seen Corey Kluber, all those guys get traded. Uh, so he knows he's kind of next up on the block here, if that's uh, what uh, the Guardians decide to do. And I think he's learned to cope with it. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's not easy, but, uh, you know, when you get out in the mound, there's one thing you have to concentrate on. And, you know, that's uh, throwing the ball over the plate and getting the other guy out. And, you know, he did a really good job of it yesterday. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, one of those vintage uh, Bieber performances that you sort of you sort of lock that one away and you say, OK, uh, let, let's go on and, and see, you know, and, and hey, even if, you know, all of this trade talk and, and speculation is, is true. Uh, if another team is out there seeing this, that can only help the Guardians in, in any sort of negotiations uh, when they turn to him and say, you know, uh, Shane Bieber went nine strikeouts against the uh, the and seven shutout innings against the Astros. That's a pretty good lineup to do it against. Uh, so he's upping his trade stock. If that's the case, uh, you know, it could it could determine where what contender he ends up with uh, for for the next uh, season and a half. Uh, Joe, let, Joe, let me ask you: Would would you trade him right now? I mean, the Guardians are one and a half out. You know, they're playing better. They're six and four in their last ten. You know, they're, they're they've shown some signs of life. Um, what what do you think? Well, well, at this time last week, I said, yeah, trade him. Uh, I, I think, it, it, regardless of what his performances are uh, out out there, you know, if he goes out and gives you two good performances in a in a six game span or whatever. I, I think that can't change if, if I said trade him last week, I still got to say trade him again this week. It, it regardless, yeah. this could only make him more attractive. So uh, yeah, my position last yeah. week was they, they need to make the move uh, because trading him could also free up other areas too. You could attach a med Rosario to a trade. You could attach Mike Zanino to a trade. You could, you could do all those things to make other things happen on your roster and clear up space. So, yeah, I think it's probably the best it and it's the best scenario right now because he's coming off a, a, a nice performance. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to waver off of that stance that, uh, you know, I think that they should trade him. Uh, and, and believe me, I, I don't wish that that was the case. I wish that they could just pay him and keep him because I think, you know, they got a good thing going with him. But, uh, you know, like you always say, uh, Hoinsey, uh, it takes two to tango on, on that end and. You know, he's got to be able to agree to whatever they're offering and if they're offering anything. So uh, yeah. that that's the case. I, I'm not going to change off of that. Yeah, I, uh, I just think, you know, this with, um, you know, who who if you were if you trade him, who 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 moves into the number one slot? You know, that that's the thing. Is Tristan McKenzie ready? I, I don't think so. After two starts, you know, Quantrill's on the I.L., uh, you know, can one of those younger guys, is Savali ready? He's just off the IL. You know, so I think that has to go into the equation, too. As long as they, you know, are in in contention here and they're playing better, if they've got a chance to uh, overtake the Twins, you know, that that's a tough trade for me to make. Your, uh, your, your best shot at a number one guy might not even be a guy who's on the roster right now. It might be Gavin Williams down in AAA. Yeah, he, that, he could be that guy. Point. So. But you're never going to know until you move Bieber out and, and, and you find out who fills the void. So uh, the, these things are you can't just, you know, press a button and say, OK, well, you're my number one. You're my ace right now. Did Tristan McKenzie pitch like an ace at the, the, the second half of last year? 
Absolutely. He, he, you could definitely fall in love with the idea of Tristan McKenzie filling that vacuum once Shane Bieber is gone. Uh, but until that move happens, you're, you're not going to know who it's going to be. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, they did all of this yesterday with Jose Ramirez on the bench. Uh, Jose, one of the hottest hitters uh, and, and most dangerous hitters in baseball uh, for the last week or so. Uh, had, you know, got the day off, got the, got to rest himself. He, he gets the extra day off today because they're not playing there uh, in San Diego. Uh, what better place to, to recoup and recover, but, uh, on the beach in San Diego, I guess, uh, uh, Tito sounded convinced that a day off plus the off day, uh, Monday would, would do Jose a world of good. And you'll probably get even more productivity out of him, uh, in this upcoming road trip. So, uh, a good thing that they're able to win that game and score enough runs. Uh, like you were saying before we started recording here, uh, this offense is, is starting to shape up and, and starting to, to, to at least hit the ball. Uh, six straight games with 10 or more hits for the first time since 2018. Uh, that's a, a nice little stretch there. And, and they got some guys going in this order, in the, in the batting order that, that really needed to get going. Yeah, Joe, over the last 13 games, they're averaging 5.54 runs uh, per game, you know, and I still think uh, overall they're they're they'd be lucky if they're pushing four runs a game, you know, for the for the season. And over that that 13 game stretch, ten, they're averaging 10 hits a game. So you know we're, we are seeing some offense finally, and uh, you know that's really encouraging. And uh, you know Jose gets a day off yesterday. And, uh, you know, last year he had a really good series against the Padres. Uh, went four for 13, two home runs, five RBIs, you know, at Petco Park. So maybe uh, maybe there was a method to Tito's madness there. Yeah, it could be, uh, you know, it, getting guys on base, hitting the ball, uh, you know, a lot of hits in a series like they, they had against Houston. Uh, it also allows them to run the bases a little bit. They're stealing bases all over the place. Uh, one guy who wasn't successful uh, thrown out actually yesterday uh, trying to steal a base after he overslid the bag uh, was Josh Naylor. But uh, what Josh Naylor uh, might lack in uh, base stealing prowess, he's definitely, <laughs> uh, you know, making up for at the plate. He's one of the hottest hitters, not just in the American League, but uh, overall in, in baseball. Uh, extended his hitting streak to 11 games yesterday, uh, has uh, since uh, since basically the end of May, May 30th. Uh, he leads the majors with seven doubles and 16 RBIs. He ranks second with a 488 batting average and a 510 on base percentage. Uh, and that's behind uh, Miami's Luis Arise, who is basically uh, the best hitter on the planet right now. Uh, and, and in that three-game series against Houston, he was five for 14 and drove in five runs. Uh, this is the Josh Naylor that, you know, they they need to be in that number four spot and 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 giving Jose Ramirez the the sort of backup that he needs. Yeah, he's just been on fire, Joe. It's been fun to watch him, uh, you know, and he will not stop stealing bases. I mean, this guy's <laughs> got the, the incredible bulk. He keeps running. I, I, I get so worried when he's diving head first or feet first into the bag when he's stealing bases. And, you know, when he's, I saw him, uh, you know, 
I was watching a game on TV uh, yesterday, and he's shaking his wrist when he swings the bat now. So, and but he just keeps hitting, you know. So, you know, God love him. He's like he plays all out, man. Yeah. I, and and he's he's just he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. He he really gets his teammates fired up. And when he's swinging the bat, he is a dangerous dude, man. Yeah, you mentioned the the wrist, and that's something we need to keep an eye on because uh, you know in the clubhouse before the game. Uh, around the ballpark before, uh, you know, games begin. He's got it wrapped up pretty heavily. It's noticeable. Uh, he did that uh, stealing a base, actually. I believe it was in Baltimore, stealing, sliding head first and jamming his wrist on the bag. So, uh, you know, it's something to keep an eye on for sure. Another injury to keep an eye on, uh, Andres Jimenez. Uh, he left yesterday's game in the sixth inning after hitting a home run. And uh, feeling some uh, tightness in his left leg, uh, his his next at bat, he hit a ball in a deep center field and uh, sort of felt it coming around the bag at second. So, uh, you know, keep an eye on Jimenez. Tito said that uh, unless he comes in, you know, feeling pretty spry and feeling bouncing off the walls with energy on Tuesday, uh, that, you know, it might be a game or two before he gets back out there. Uh, but in his place, Tyler Freeman stepped in, had a couple of hits, including an RBI double. A uh, nice day for Tyler Freeman, and maybe an opportunity here for the next couple of games to to get in there and and, and play a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I, I don't want I don't want Jimenez to get hurt. I'd I'd like to see him stay in the lineup because Joe. I mean, I don't know about you, but to me, he's just starting to look like he did last year. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he looks like he's got his swing back, his confidence back. And uh, to see him, you know, you know, get, you know, pull up with that, uh, you know, with the sore uh, left leg is concerning because if it's a hamstring, you know, they always say it, it starts as a cramp. You know, when I hear that word, I always, <laughs> I, I always get worried because the next thing they know, it's a hamstring strain, you know. So, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor, and I, I don't know what the the deal is, but you know, they're really, really careful with those injuries. And you're, and if it is a hammy. You know, you're looking at four to six weeks. So let's not. I'm 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 not being. Uh, you know, I'm not being chicken little here. But you know, that's what usually happens on these things. But you, you're right. Freeman has done nothing but uh, you know just hit line drives all over the place, and he almost hit a home run. I mean, one of those doubles was off the wall, top of the wall, wasn't it? Yesterday, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, just it was, missed. Yeah, it was just about a foot short of being a home run. Uh, yeah, I love the terminology that the the trainers and that the uh, the PR staff uses when they report these injuries to us or when they they let us know, uh, you know, left uh, left leg tightness or uh, you know uh, cramping or soreness. I, I love soreness. It's like yeah, every I wake up I'm sore every day. I'm not a major league hitter that's uh, you know injured or whatever. I'm sore every day. I'm 47 years old, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, you know it's de- it's definitely something to watch and. The, the nice thing is that the depth that they do have, if Tyler Freeman needs to step in and play, that that's something they can do. And and there's always, you know, Brian Rocchio could could be on that yo-yo again back up here if uh, if they need even more uh, help uh, on the middle infield uh, situation right there. Uh, we also saw Josh Bell yesterday. Uh, you know, Jimenez hit the home run uh, in the um, in the second inning and then Bell hits a solo home run to lead off the. Uh, the third inning, uh, Josh Bell, uh, a, a nice little stretch of, uh, what, six games, six, seven games with uh, with an RBI uh, in a row and, and just looking uh, more like the guy that they uh, they they sort of signed up uh, when they when they signed him 
uh, in the offseason uh, to, to provide a little bit of power there. Um, it was his uh, second three-hit game of the season, uh, second time this year. And, you know, the I think it might have been the first game where he's had multiple extra base hits because he also doubled uh, later on, I believe, in the sixth. Yeah, really nice game by uh, Bell. And a guy that they need, you know, they like you said, Joe, they need him to uh, be productive. He also scored three runs uh, yesterday. So, you know, really encouraging to see him hitting in the middle of the lineup. And, uh, you know, he had a couple of days off with the on with the birth of his daughter. I think that gave him maybe a little chance to reset and regroup and, uh, you know, come, you know, get back in there with a, uh, you know, with a kind of a fresh outlook and take a deep breath and uh, realize maybe, uh, you know, that hitting a baseball isn't the most important thing in the world and yeah. give you gives you a little perspective. A uh, couple of uh, housekeeping items. Uh, the Guardians, after the, uh, or, or actually, uh, before we get to that, I uh, want to mention uh, George Valera, who had been out in Arizona rehabbing a hamstring injury, uh, is is set to possibly be back with the Clippers by midweek uh, in Columbus. So uh, it's a guy who's only appeared in five, uh, you know, games at the AAA level because he he had the the wrist and and hand uh, soreness. Uh, from spring training after the the offseason hand surgery, uh, he's uh, you know working his way back to to becoming an option there uh, down in Columbus uh, with the um, the roster move that they made uh, uh, you know yesterday uh, to uh, they uh, they released Rich, uh, Richie Palacios so there's an opening there uh, in Columbus for um, Valera to go back and and sort of play in the outfield there so. Uh, yeah, all, um, all, all very interesting, you know, moves, uh, the, uh, uh, they also announced that Zach Plesak, uh, who had been designated for assignment last Sunday, uh, officially, uh, accepted the outright assignment to, uh, AAA Columbus. Uh, that's, you know, it sort of made sense. I, I why he wouldn't, uh, elect free agency there. Uh, because he he gets paid if he continues to to stay on the roster for the the uh, the Clippers. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a no brainer, Joe. He you know he, he's making two point nine five million this year. He had the he had the right to uh, you know uh, refuse the outright, become a free agent, but because he has three years plus you know x amount of service time, if he had done that he would have lost uh, the remaining part of his salary. So he accepts the outright, he goes back down, he gets paid, and he keeps, uh, you know, he keeps playing. He keeps uh, maybe perhaps taking a regular turn in the rotation and trying to get himself straightened out, if not for the Guardians, for another team uh, somewhere during this season or, or at the end of next, at the end of the year. You know, he could be, perhaps, you know, he, he can still, uh, you know, get somebody interested in him. Yeah, is, uh, you pretty much think that he's pitched his last game for the Guardians, though, uh, unless something extraordinary happens and they they decide to to re-add him to the forty man. Yeah, I would think, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, unless he kind of turns the corner down there or or makes some you know really big improvements, you know, th- they've got there's a bunch of guys ahead of him right now, and you know, it's unfortunate, but that's the nature of this game. You know, there's always somebody looking over your shoulder. And if you don't perform eventually, you know, th- those people are going to pass you. Uh, all right. The uh, the other thing we learned on 
Sunday, we talked to uh, Assistant General Manager James Harris. Uh, he does a lot uh, with the player development uh, guys and and really bounces back and forth between Columbus and Cleveland and uh, and keeps us updated on the the, the top prospects in the organization. Uh, and we asked him about uh, a, a bunch of different guys. Uh, you know, we asked him about Gavin Williams and, and what he what he's doing down there. And uh, they're very impressed with him. But we, of course, had to ask about Bo Naylor and, you know, just what uh, what Bo is doing at the uh, AAA level right now, how he's performing, what they're expecting from him. And, and really, you know, we, we understand that it's a difficult question that has a lot of, uh, you know, sort of different working parts, uh, you know, but the, the basic question is, you know, why isn't Bo here? Why isn't Bo up with the Major League Club? Uh, you know, how much longer are we going to have to wait to see Bo Naylor uh, play for the Guardians on a, on a regular basis? And we didn't expect James Harris to be able to give us a straightforward answer on that. Uh, but we did, you know, hear about the things that Bo Naylor has been working on at AAA while they they sort of wait to make this decision and, and wait for the, the timing to be right for him to come up. Uh, you know, they talked he talked about Bo Naylor's receiving and, uh, you know, how there were issues maybe about how his depth behind the plate, um, moving him up or forward or back or whatever, uh, talked about his glove path. Uh, you know, he had a throwing error the other day. They, they talked about his arm being, you know, pretty solid. Uh, and then at the plate about, uh, you know, controlling the top of the strike zone and, and doing a better job with that. Uh, so these are all things uh, that I think were, were thrown out there to sort of maybe distract us from uh, <laughs> the, 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 the big question of, you know, why isn't he here? Because we know the answer to that. We know the reason that he's not with the club right now is the manipulation of service time and waiting until that. Uh, you know, window is closed enough so that he won't become a super two and you don't have to pay him four years of arbitration. Uh, you sort of buy that extra year um, by keeping him down. But when a guy like Ellie De La Cruz comes up for Cincinnati uh, last week and hits a 468 foot home run uh, and then a triple, uh, you, you kind of wonder, you know, hey, uh, this is supposed to be the signal for these guys to start coming up and and being eligible to be brought up. And, uh, uh, you know, why isn't Bo here? And I think, uh, you know, maybe the reason is less about who's on the Columbus roster and more about who's on the Cleveland roster. Yeah, I think you're right, Joe. I think they're obviously, uh, you know, Zanino hasn't had the year they wanted him to have. You know, they signed him to a one-year, six-million-dollar deal. The good part is, uh, the good part about that is that there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. So you can, uh, you know, you do have some flexibility here. You, all it's going to cost you if you, uh, you know, uh, release or DFA Zanino or trade him, you know, is is what remains of his contract. But but, uh, you know, the, the, the rest of this is just, uh, you know, they went through this with Francisco Lindor. You know, they gave us all sorts of, you know, excuses, you know, a laundry list of what he still needs to do. And then like two weeks later, he was up and, you know, and uh, he was up and making his big league debut. So, you know, I would think the same thing is going to happen here with Bo Naylor. It's, you know, it's just it's just a matter of time now. It's just, you know, they have to do. 
you know, I think what's right for the organization. And, and obviously Zanino is struggling. I mean, he's struggling, mm-hmm. you know, they brought him up to, uh, you know, to add some power. I mean, they signed him to, to add some power to the lineup. You know, he hasn't hit anything. And defensively, it's, it's been, you know, it, you know, defensively, you just, I, you know, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, the game Saturday night, uh, Houston steals six, six bases. He's got a pass ball. He's got an error. Uh, you know, fans are booing him. The biggest crowd of the year is booing a guy. Joe, I haven't heard a, I haven't heard a Cleveland player like that, play, player get booed like that, you know, since I can't remember when. I, I thought Jim Tomey had come back in another uniform again. That's how loud the boos were. So, uh, you know, that's a concern, you know, and, and, you know, I, I would love to see Zanino get straightened out. I think he's a great guy. He's a, he's a nice man, you know, and, and he was just, he's been a solid player throughout his career, but, Right now, he he just he's struggling, man. Yeah, the other thing that's sort of complicating the whole thing is how much they like Cam Gallagher in that backup role and how well uh, he's done. And you know, he'll go out there and he'll throw out a guy like he did uh, in in yesterday's game. He's not providing much offensively, but uh, the way he handles the pitching staff, I think, is is being held a little in higher uh, regard by the the guys themselves than than what Zanino's been able to do. I, you can just tell that uh you know some of these guys prefer throwing to Gallagher than to um than to Zanino and it it really shows. You could see when Tristan McKenzie gave up uh, you know all the hits that he gave up on Saturday, you could see it in his shoulders. He wasn't he he wasn't convinced about some of these these pitches I, I think and that's just, you know, me speculating there but uh, you, you, there's a difference when uh, Shane Bieber goes out in his post-game comments and goes out of his way to mention Cam Gallagher a couple of times uh, yesterday. It, it, you could tell that uh, they they feel more comfortable, I think, throwing to Gallagher. And uh, that was one of the things that James Harris said uh, was the the last mark on uh, last uh, box on the checklist for for uh, Bo Naylor to have to check off is you know, uh, being, uh, you know, leader in the clubhouse and leading catching meetings and, you know, calling games and, and being able to, to be a good, uh, you know, catcher to get the, get the pitching staff through a game. Uh, that's the next part that, that Naylor has to sort of, uh, get and has to click. But I don't think that, that clicks at the minor league level. I think that doesn't click until you're at the major league level. So, uh, again, that's, it's hard to, to say that, Oh, he has to become a leader. Well, how can he lead a major league clubhouse if he's not in the major league clubhouse? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Joe, it, Joe, this did make a lot of sense. Just, yeah, that's just smoke. They're blowing smoke. They're, that's yeah. that's the same old line we've heard time after time. So you know, the one thing like uh, like I I don't like I don't like when pitchers get to pick their own catchers. I think mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I I think that's disruptive. I've I've seen it before. You know, when Dennis Martinez was here, he had to have Tony Pena be his personal catcher. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I guess it works sometimes, but you know, I think uh, you know what Francona said uh, uh, recently. You know, if if you have if guys are picking their own catchers, you know, what if you what if that guy's hurt and you know and you, you, he's not used to you know he's not used to the other guy being behind the plate. So you gotta you know you you've got to have your if. You, if you have, you know, your your two catchers or three catchers, what well, they, you know, each pitcher has to be comfortable throwing to any guy. So, you know, I, I, you know, I'd hopefully, you know, they they get that straightened out. Yeah, and they work on that in spring training too. They mix it up so that they, uh, 
you know, the, the, the first time they're out there isn't in a major league game where they're, they're catching a guy or seeing a guy or, or getting the, uh, the, the pitches from him. So, uh, they, they try to do that. And, uh, I agree with, uh, with Tito. That's, it's not the, you know, the best way to guy to go, but, uh, you know, you asked him about, you know, Doug Mirabelli catching, uh, Tim Wakefield when he was in Boston. I mean, that yeah, was, yeah. you know, they, they flew him in special for, for games just to, to, because he was a guy that could handle the, the, the knuckleball. I mean, there you know, are the knuckleball, the knuckleball will drive you crazy. That's, that's an exception. You, you yeah. Got <laughs> and you're, you're wearing a pancake on your, on your hand instead <laughs> of a, a, you know, a catcher's mitt to, to sort of do that. So, yeah, I, I Again, there are there are no more valid reasons or, or excuses that the Guardians have to to tell it when when we say why isn't Bo Naylor up here playing right now? Uh, everything's passed. The this the Super Two deadline issue is is past. The the, the date's already gone. Uh, the 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 preparedness and the readiness and the need they're all evident and they're all there. Right now, it's a matter of can you work out possibly. Uh, some sort of trade so that you can attach Zanino and, and get him out that way. And, you know, if you trade Shane Bieber and, and move, like like we said, uh, all those things, uh, it, it, the domino effect will start. And uh, hopefully we're not waiting here until the uh, the, the the trade deadline before, uh, you know, we see this kid. But, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, could be fun. All right. The Guardians are... Uh, on the road, they are in San Diego. Uh, Hoinsey will be joining them tomorrow. Uh, we will be uh, back for another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast as the uh, the Guardians and Padres get ready to open up a three-game series in one of the most beautiful parks I've ever been to, uh, and uh, that was last year. Uh, Hoinsey, have a, have a great time out there in San Diego, and uh, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. 